Oh, uh, so uh, four years ago today, one of the uh, post WrestleMania pay-per-views at Payback 2017 took place, and here's a special review on Mark Green. So the, the show kicks off with uh, Kevin Owens defending the US title against Chris Jericho rematch from WrestleMania a month before. Ah, pretty solid match. Actually, I enjoyed it quite good. Sometimes uh, the whole thing, we've done the Superstar show um, a couple of weeks before this as well, and they basically ravaged SmackDown at this point in time. Because uh, SmackDown, uh, uh, second half of 2016, early part of 2017, was on a roll, actually, a really good show. So, didn't have that now, we just absolutely ravaged it and sent pretty much everyone to Raw at this point in time. And the whole stipulation of Owens was on SmackDown and Jericho was on Raw. And then um, if Jericho won, you'd go to SmackDown as well. So it, it seemed at this point pretty obvious. You'd, you'd think that Owens would be paid, but not Jericho ended up winning. See, because uh, there was also Jericho's bit of war for Posey and everything like this after this. In fact, I think this actually was one of Jericho's last. But I think even this uh, the greatest Royal Rumble of the Saudi Arabia in the year after a bit. This might actually have been Jericho's last WWE pay per view in the US. Not entirely sure about that, but Coleman on that, but I might not have been a So they had the last wealth, but Jericho actually ended up winning and went to SmackDown for a week, lost the belt back to Owen and then whatever. I mean, it was in a way kind of pointless, but in a way quite good because, you know, he was Jericho winning. You know, Jericho was always putting people over, so he needed to get a big win every now and again. Because it got to the point where beating Jericho meant nothing, so, you know, giving him a good pay-per-view win every now and again was fine. And, and you know what, Kevin Owens is shit anyway, let's be real for the most part, he's not a big star, so him losing isn't really a big deal, so whatever. Fuck it, he's just a big average deal anyway, so I don't know, fuck it. It was fine, that's pretty good enough. After that, she had the cruiserweight fight of Neville defending against Austin Aries. It's fine, actually. It was alright for what it is. Yeah, it's not too bad. No one gave a fuck about the cruiserweight. This was always the massive history for Raw at this time. That way. It's fine for what it was. Then Aries, sorry, Neville ends up getting disqualified for grabbing the referee. And, uh, uh, matches. As far as a wrestling match goes, it's fine. It's perfectly watchable. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, It's definitely hard enough. Uh, after she got the tag titles, Hardy's defending against Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, otherwise known as The Bar. Yeah, this was actually a good match, good tag match. Uh, Hardy's ended up retaining the men, Sheamus and Cesaro beat the shit in Hardy's after this. It's one of those things, the problem with this was after this, it became, they, they actually were hidden right the way through to July, like, great balls of fire, remember that? Great goodness, great, great balls of fire. So this, you really did drag on, but at this point it was actually quite good, and the, the bar did the hit turn after it when they attacked the Hardys. It's actually quite good. You've got, like, Cesaro with the Danny's, like, James, the stripper James Bond shit, which I'm sure the Smarts would love, they'll, they'll have a big fucking uh, jizz fest to that, so good for them, I'm sure they enjoyed that. But, you know, uh, you know, you've now got, you know, Cesaro was actually a good thing for him, you know, and Seamus together as a team was fine, it was quite fun, it was actually alright. That's a bit of decent chemistry, yeah, it actually worked quite well. Now, at this, the next year's once Cesaro pushed to the moon and apparently he's going to be the next Roman Reigns challenger, so... Yeah, that, that's the shit you're putting on Fox. Okay, no wonder nobody's watching. But there you go. 
Right, this is good for what it was. Something that she's got the women's title match, eh? Bailey in her hometown, I might add, defending against Alexa. Eh, this match was great. It was actually, honestly, even putting aside my personal bias for the result, and actually one of the reasons why I'm reviewing this today on this special anniversary occasion. But um, yeah, the match itself actually is really good. It's really, really entertaining back and forth match. A lot to like about it. And you, the whole thing, smart narrative was always there. Yeah, they secrets. You did think it was a good match. Like Bailey or Sasha or any of one of these overrated four horsewomen jargons. But here, I think she has quite a lot of good matches. You can only carry some of so much. So I like some. Excellent, great. I like never bought these around that much. He's always one of the best in there. And he's a great all-rounder as well. She can do it all. So, there you have it. That is what it is. But here, here's a kick as well. Going here. And in, in Bailey's hometown. And the crowd cheers. The crowd actually cheers. You can actually see it visibly. Which tells you all you need to know. Not the shite on the smart side of it. Eh, they need Bailey in the new movie. The end of story, Bailey is fucking shite. Yeah, what I mean is, oh, shite, oh, she, she, she was only bad at promos in the main roster because of the writing. I've seen the match. There was a match when Bailey defended the NXT women's title against Alexa a couple of years before, a year or so, or two years before this, whatever it was. And honestly, there was a promo right before it. Alexa was awesome and Bailey was shit. Nothing changed once again on the main roster here. Nothing changed. Bailey was doing a crap. And even as a heel, our fucking promo delivery is still the same. The whole groaning. It's like, yeah, she's fucking shit. Who the fuck did it get a shit set in eight beards? Like, I can't let really go. And here's the thing though, I, I think when Alexa Whitten was talking about how Raw uh, absolutely ravaged that in the shake-up a couple of weeks before this, this was a terrible point here, but when Alexa came over, well, I actually think this was the best booking of her career for about the first two to three months when she first came on Raw. It was like we were really behind her, they were always giving her plenty of promo time, she was like always winning on Raw, they were booking her strong, it was like I foolishly at this time thought to myself, do you really want to make her the breakout female star of it? They actually want to make a breakout female mainstream star from this whole women's revolution shit. Now, the whole women's revolution thing is horseshit. It is, it's all the SGW shit. But they're not interested in pushing anyone to be a big star or anything like that. It just doesn't it. please all the fucking weird feminists. And, and, and the biggest weird ones are the male feminists. Like Mick Foley. Oh my fucking god, you want Mick Foley now going, Hey, hey, WWE, hey Vince, you should make an all women's show before AEW does. But then again, all the fucking weird SGW feminists that. Here's the AEW appearance, they were complaining that AEW didn't do enough for the women's roster, so how's that, how does that work, Nick? Seriously, you know it's only a matter of time before he apologises for his character, mankind, with the word man in it. You know he's one of those types nowadays, but here it is what it is. But, I digress, if they really wanted to make a proper mainstream breakout star, from the women's revolution made a really got mind Alexa, but let's be real. It's Charlotte who they're really behind. It's, it's Charlotte and it's Charlotte all the way. 
somebody who like, likes to hear no being Hollywood is going to want it. She's not marketable and she can't clap anymore. Whereas Alexa, who should really be a breakout name star, is kind of slumming it in the WWE. She, she's four years later. I think it's, it's kind of sad that as great as she is, she's kind of not really progressed much outside of WWE. And you've got the bowling for shoot stuff, which is great, and she was in Pumpkin Brewster as well. But I really wish she was doing more outside this bubble. Really do. But there you go. It is what it is, but this was fantastic. A lot of happy moments from this. Phenomenal promo as well. She opened up well the next night after that. Phenomenal stuff, so there you have it. Alexa, you're too good for wrestling. See you here in the store. And if any Nightbeard wrestling markets and Alexa, a lot of these weird Alexa Bush fans, I may have fucking weird a lot of them. They're just wrestling upsets me. I don't care about wrestling. A lot of them get offended when people say it's just too good for wrestling. I mean, I remember Vince Russo said that as well. And they were like, yeah, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Shut up, man. Absolute class. But there you have it. I like that. Absolutely fucking awesome. This was a great match. Good memories here. And this fucking getting ties into Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt after this. Oh no. This, this, what a game. This was the House of Horrors match, and bizarrely enough, I actually quite liked this one. Now this was actually split up into two parts, so the house, the house part was next. And it was fun, it was after, and it was hokey, but you know what, I was kind of entertained by the hokeyness here. And then we go back to the arena later on, you've got like Bray Wyatt putting the bridge on the video. I know, the funny thing is, when you go into it, it doesn't really look like any flowers at first, it just looks like a scat of hose. It's not how you maybe get a train spot on the fuck like that, it's like something jumpy or something. And uh, the guy who called probably said a little bit of Here comes Randy in the house He's got a look for Brandy He's got a going bad in He looks in the palace to be a part of this shit Which is pretty much <laughs> I mean, let's give you Randy on those looking bastards Tell you what you're doing on that I don't know well, this is funny, you've got like Bray Wyatt and goes into this big limousine. <laughs> There's a big hillbilly who's going to travel in a limousine. I know Randy Orton got dropped off in it, but then Bray Wyatt just goes in it. There's a big uh, hillbilly cult leader who rides a bit of limousines in it, uh, as they do. He's like, ah, take you to the arena. And then they get to the arena later. And then, okay, it finishes in the arena, which is fine. This actually got back a little bit of enemies of the boy living brawl in terms of structure, in terms of it's in and out. Another location in the end in the ring, which is fine. And of course, Bray Wyatt wins. This was actually non title, Randy Orton was the WWE champion at the time, but this is the only way you can give Bray Wyatt a big win at the pay per view because, um, uh, yeah. And even then, you have to have. If you only won because Jinder Mahal appeared on his behalf, but, you know, it's, the Bray Wyatt's taken so fucking bad. I mean, 2017 was the year this character totally jumped the shark and got shot on completely. And they're gonna do it again, but he, he just knew it's already in the version. Credit them for reinventing them. But you know, it's it, it, it gonna happen again. Last time I enjoyed this, this was daft. It was entertaining. I hated the whole Randy and Bray Wyatt storyline. I've gone into much detail on that and other reviews of other shows and things like that. I hated that one. I, I, I thought the, the, the current one started off well and then it went to shit. The, the themed around the opening, the rest of the names, and the football. 
And here's the thing, though. Here's another thing. You've got this only three wide windows match, and the way that non tightly specifically says three wide to win it, which is one of these things where you don't want to put titles a lot of the time on these supernatural characters, which is fine, and you know that. But these people now get excited about the Alexa or Blessed Wally thing. And like I said, I think Alexa's doing a great job with it. She's actually, performance wise, is very good, but we will fuck this up as soon as she gets in the ring. Everything involved in Grey Wyatt is outside multiple times, starts out promisingly, and then descends into a goofy part. Unfortunately, this will happen if Grey Wyatt's the worst one ever. In fact, there's a lot of theories now going about that Wally's going to end up being what Alexa's mask is. It's like, oh, gee, you, you take somebody who's like Alexa and you put a mask on her. It's fucking stupid. If that does happen, it is fucking stupid for a multitude of reasons. Especially when you think of it, obviously, because she looks as well as to get But a facial experiment, yeah, she's such a good actor, she's got amazing facial experiments. And they might not put a mask on her. Ah, Jesus. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Alright, there you have it. There you have it, wouldn't be a constant But I can sort of see what they'll, they'll end up doing. So they'll do something stupid like this. Like, once you get to know them, they'll build her up a bit. Then she'll get a title shot, and then three lines will cost of the team to cost of the title, and then they'll do some fucking stupid thing with the team and all these things. And all these people that say, ah, three lines are even stories out in the past, it's really long time story from the like the thing with him and Orton. Really? But what, what, was the long time story with him and Orton that he was going to lose to the guy that set him on fire and tried to murder him at WrestleMania? And then Orton would just go on and form a tag team with Matt Riddle? Okay, bro. Oh wow, that's some phenomenal long-term storytelling. It's fucking WWE apologies, mate. You say, no wonder no one else is going to watch me going to it. No fucking wonder. Where is it? There you go. And plus, if anyone thinks this whole new thing that lights and lights going to be out of the ring, I think it is. There's no part of the wrong thing, but these supernatural characters, none of them get a thing, don't get a thing. And if they do, it's not for very long. You know, but it'll be an idea to get a bit of 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 a so here I said Ronda beat the Blitz among the four and some of the years is not long good even in the main event for that. Good. Good for what it was. And the main event was Ronda Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Always interesting to go back and see this as well. This was a good view that she had done the whole Roman group on the night after the beat on the first night of wrestling and everyone thought it was a bad one. That would have been the fight to do it. I mentioned this before. That would have been the fight to make my call to me again. I mean, because you knew they were talking to him and brought the rest of the next year, you know, so you could that out the whole year and then eventually exploded in it. Ah well, four years to it, well, three and a half years to it, as it was, and now you've got, you've got this whole thing that Romans need to be these days ahead of the table, and, but there's like one Simone guy in it, too, so, there's group, and you've got Paul Heyman, who's not a fucking Simone, Simone, he's just there, just because you've been signed for this fucking big fat waste of overrated space to do in the 
Anyway, speaking about the battle over the place, it's been saying in John Strowman here that he was the most open he was in his career at this time. And I snapped it, ah, remember when John Strowman was so over in 2017? No, he wasn't. They, they just liked him because he was beating up Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns' hate was at the peak of this thing. So, John Strowman was never over in this career. He might well have been over if he had properly got the, the Roman Reigns' heel thing at this point in time, but... No, he was never over it. And case in point was when he feared the Brock Lesnar in September of this year. Once he stopped feeding the Roman, people stopped giving a fuck about it. And he was to me. The only time anyone's ever been interested in John Strowman was when he was feeding the Roman, or when he was teaming Lalex and Team Roman for the next match challenge. In other words, he was fucking leeching off other stars, other stars' qualities, because he's not going to fuck into himself. But anyway, John, the fact that this guy is now in the title shot at Batmash with you, or sorry, Reckoning, you know, that guy's just like John, because uh, the WWE is stupid. You know that Van Dyke is stupid to say that, but Reckoning in front of Batmash, being insulted and telling him to be familiar. Tells you that this guy is actually still in the title picture, and it's actually bad. But this match itself is actually great, it's enjoyable now. John, it's going to be so many days. Roman has a phenomenal challenge of the Mexican So in other words, payback that is something very, it's actually very in the short period. Roman has to solve it point in time. When they actually, when they sort of stole from SmackDown and actually boosted their time here, Rob was actually trying to for a couple of weeks, for a and they had Alexa and the rates were different here. They were actually new analysts, I think that was the first time of Alexa's career. At that point in 2017, they were actually properly physically like it was like in France, if they understood what they had to do, what to make their biggest style of fuck as possible. But then, even after a couple of months, even though she had the title for a long time, they still couldn't have so much promo time, and they started having a wave young people in that regard. I know it's actually because they were trying to have fun with me. I think somebody like that is like a full character. Well, I'll be grateful. Rise above the world of change of the WWE. But whatever. I, I really hope one day to go back and get a bit of a piece of this one. We've been here before, I've said that I've had an audience, so we don't really need to be doing that. Right? So, anyway, four years ago today, happy anniversary of Payback 2017. Overall, a good show. Thank you for watching. So, that's another one. Thank you for watching. Next week, I'll start doing some background for you. When they actually just called it back when they actually assumed that they didn't insult the audiences and the audience to you that backlash money, which is the backlash from this and then now they have to actually put the two together to put the the name of the rental marina to try and come up business and be insult the audiences and the audience who didn't realise that's what that was not, not that much of the audience that likes to be God that has much intelligence, but I mean, uh, uh, yeah, that's very nice. You know, if you're upset with it, I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, thank you for watching if you haven't got anything to do with it.